Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. Today the topic is Judge Judy, Evolution's Warrior. Here's a taste. You are pretty sick, stupid, outrageous, baloney, liar, baby, dumb, wise guys. Are you kidding me? Are you trying to justify to me the fact that you're an idiot? Now that's some powerful cultural medicine right there. I, I don't know exactly how famous Judge Judy is beyond the shores of the U.S., but in the U.S., she is a cultural icon. She has been the number one daytime, I think, all-time TV personality for 20-some years. She has a program where she is a TV judge presiding over a small claims court. And the cases are real, the people are real, the rulings are final, and that is Judge Judy. So I'll explain a little bit more about her in a moment and why I want to focus on her. But there's a bigger context and the criminal justice system that I want to look at, particularly in the developed world, where crime is diminishing and diminishing quite rapidly. Which is great news, but you'd never know it because the threat industrial complex is invested in keeping us frightened. And so here's how people feel about crime. It's a graph of the percentage of people who say there's more crime in the U.S. than there was a year ago. And in 1993, 87% of people said that. In 2018, 60% of people say it's worse now than it was a year ago. And it's never been under 50%. But perception is not reality in this case, fortunately. And crime has indeed dropped by about half since the 90s. The question is why? And there's no consensus, but lots of theories. Here are 15 of them as collected by the website Vox. And, and they're good cultural measurers. And they have, uh, they're always trying to bring things together. They have sort of a proto-integral exegreen sensibility there, in my opinion. But at any rate, they, they, they have a, a, a big article on this. And it starts by saying, around 24 years ago, Crime rates in the U.S. started to mysteriously decline. Since then, crime has fallen by roughly half, with violent crimes plummeting by roughly 51% and property crimes decreasing by about 43%. And these are the theories that they put up. One of them that is often cited is the change in policing. Policing has changed and gotten better. And that's a political thing. There's a polarization around should police be tougher? Should they be more integrated into the community in you know, different kind of ways? And I just noticed that there was an article in the New York Times yesterday about the chief of police in New York City stepping down after three years. And here's what they have to say. Head of New York City police steps down after three years. When James P. O'Neill became New York City's police commissioner in 2016, his challenge was clear. Continue to shift the department away from aggressive policing tactics, including the stop and frisk practice, while maintaining historically low crime rates. Mr. O'Neill announced on Monday that he was stepping down, having large, largely executed that strategy with murder rates at lows not seen since the 1950s. 
He focused on healing relations between department and minority communities with a policing program that sought to build trust between officers and residents. So that worked. Everything's working. Um, or lots of things are working. So other theories here. Um, there's more guns and therefore less crime. Gentrification is taking over low crime neighborhoods. That psychiatric pills reduce violent and criminal behavior. Legal abortions prevent an unwanted children. Less alcohol drinking. And crack cocaine use. Uh, more people incarcerated. People don't carry as much cash anymore. America's gangs have gotten less violent, which sounds a bit like a tautology. Um, so lots of theories. And I want to, first of all, say that I think all of these arguments, I'm sure, have their merits. Uh, but there is one that I have never heard articulated, and I would like to add it to the pot. And that is that the reason for the drop in crime is because 23 years ago, Judge Judy debuted. I'm kidding, sort of. The actual argument that I want to put in the hopper is that the reason crime has diminished is because of the evolution of consciousness. How about that? That people are becoming more civilized as we develop. And we are seeing a world where life is better if we join the larger circle of people who are living by rules and laws in more complex and fruitful societies. And everybody is not out to just get whatever they can, which is exhausting for most people. It's energizing to some, but it's exhausting to most of us. And there's a better world in this new evolution. So that brings me to Judge Judy, because it's interesting to see how this cultural icon is actually doing her part to civilize the culture. And the way she's doing it is that she is helping millions of people. She's watched by 10 million people per episode, which is twice as many as Dr. Phil, three times as many as Ellen, and she beat Oprah 13 years in a row when they were competing. So a lot of people watch her. And what she's doing is she's helping these people, myself included, to move from egocentrism to this world of rules that the ego must submit to, more of an ethnocentric and nation-centric worldview. And she does this by using the currency of egocentrism. So she is dominating, she ridicules, she intimidates, but she is doing it in the service of truth. As she says, I'm a truth machine and self-responsibility. So that's sort of the terrain of Judge Judy culturally. In terms of individual evolution, what she does is takes that part of us that is ignorant of the reality of other people or convinced of the righteousness of our own position, kind of a red-amber altitude, and she blows that up and liberates us into a world where other people and their positions exist. And that's kind of an amber-orange moving into a 
modern, self-responsible territory. She stops there, I would argue. And one of the things that makes Judge Judy Judge Judy is that she does not stick her head up into green. Into the world of feelings and subjectivity. And inevitably, I mean, it's just a theme of the show, is that people, as they testify, will be trying to tell her the background and the stories and what they meant and how they felt. And she says, I don't care about your feelings. That's Dr. Phil. Just show me the receipt. And then she's, you know, back down to business, the truth machine. And, you know, all of us, I'm for sure. I'm like, no, I want to know more about why this mother is suing her son. But no, with Judge Judy, it's just the facts. The result is, it's counterintuitive that there is, is, as we say, there's a liberation that comes from limiting something. So this purity of just being a juggernaut for truth and common sense, is riveting. You really see the difference if you look at these other uh, daytime judges. And they're just, uh, there are a lot of reality show mugging. And that's one thing Judge Judy doesn't do. So let me just show you a example. You know, they talk about the cases are real, the people are real, the rulings are final. What is also real on Judge Judy is the emotions of the litigants. Judge Judy's producers, and there are 60 people working on her team who are scouring small claims courts all over the country to find cases that they think will be interesting and, you know, in the Judge Judy mold. But these are cases that are already filed. And so these people agree to an arbitration, essentially, with Judge Judy, where they have to accept the outcome. And they go on and argue their case. And so here's an example where it's a road rage case. And there's the big guy who is the uh, defendant. And there's the little guy who is the plaintiff. And the little guy tried to cut the big guy off so he could go left into a gas station, kind of nudged him over, got into the gas station, which infuriated the big guy who followed him into the gas station, got out of the car, walked up and kicked his car. So she is now cross-examining the big guy who got out of the car. He then slowed down to try to do it to me. Unfortunately, I drive a Chevy Silverado. I'm not going to budge. Just a second. Yes, ma'am. How old are you? I am 43. Did you ever stop to think maybe there was something wrong with the driver? Well, no, ma'am. You didn't? You just thought that the little red Hyundai was trying to muscle over your Silverado? Yes, ma'am. Let me explain. Let me explain what your problem is, Mr. Duplessis. Yes, ma'am. You can either look for trouble or you can walk away from it. You chose to look for it. Unfortunately, ma'am, I'm sorry. You chose to look for it. Yes, ma'am. I got a 17-year-old daughter on the road with people like him that are going to kill her, and I'm not going to allow that. Sorry, I want to tell you something. I have five children and 13 grandchildren. That's the most ridiculous answer I ever heard. Whatever, ma'am. Most ridiculous answer because you had your choice. You could have said goodbye. No, ma'am. I can't do that. Well, you can't do that. And that's why you're here. And that's why you're in trouble, because you're a hothead. So she outbullies the bully. And then, as is typical of her, she gives a civics lesson. She describes what should happen. The move, really, from vigilante, eye for an eye, that sort of weird honor code where, you know, you can't be 
disrespected. You have to go get out of your car and you know, all of that good stuff. And, uh, and what should happen. So that's the next part here. There was no reason why you had to get out of your car. If you wanted to get his license plate and report it to the police, you can do that while inside your car. You pick up the phone. I assume you have one and you call the police and you say there is somebody driving erratically. He's in a red Hyundai and this is the license plate. You don't get out of the car. So, yeah. So there are 10 million people, a lot of whom are at home, not working, on the couch, watching daytime television. And, you know, for one reason or the other, they're not functioning. There's, that's her demographic. There's all kinds of other people, too. It's 10 million people. But they're learning something about how the world works, the civilized world works. So she's a warrior for evolution. I am one of those people. I, I, I can remember back in my pre-Judge Judy life, I got a fancy rug and it was wool. And I was worried about it because I had two dogs and I was, one of them was a puppy and I wanted to make sure that I could clean it if they peed on it. And the salesperson assured me that I could do that. And sure enough, the dog peed on it. I tried everything to get the stains out. And when I called them to complain and ask for a refund or a replacement or whatever, they said, you know, it's a wool rug, they stain, and they weren't going to do anything about it. I was victimized, first of all, you know, which is the energy of red. The red is predator and prey. So if you're red, you're good at being a victim as well as a perpetrator often. And so that was activated in me. And then I was outraged at the injustice. So I hired a lawyer and I sued them. And there was a lot of time and trouble. And we ended up in arbitration. And I think I got a few hundred dollars back or something. It was very unsatisfying. And I have to say that if something like that happened to me now, I wouldn't bother. Because I know the law. And I've learned it from Judge Judy. So if you, if you have a written contract and they don't say that you will get your carpet replaced if you get a urine stain on it, uh, then you don't have that claim. And if the, the salesman told you otherwise, that is considered puffing. And that is what salespeople do. And that's not legally binding. But what is binding is the contract. So I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't get in that situation. Besides that, I can hear Judge Judy in my ear saying, you're an adult, sir. Act like one. You can't be stupid. And so, you know, I've learned that. And so has millions and millions of people. So, you know, part of her therapy and education into the culture is that people identify with her litigants. And like me, have been educated and cleansed <laughs> by Judge Judy. So that's sort of half of her appeal. But the other half is that I think we also identify with her and the joy that she takes in domination. It's like, who doesn't want to be able to win every argument, to reveal your opponent 
and to shut them down fully in every way. And that's what she does. Your boyfriend, uncross your arms. You Just a second. Just make very clear, because whatever you're going to say, I really have to tell you, we're all much smarter than you are. I know you think you're smart, right? Mm-hmm. But we're all much smarter than you are. Yes, Your Honor. Perfect. Okay, so with that invitation, this poor young lady begins to testify and defend her boyfriend, Jake, who is being accused of losing his temper and throwing a handful of change at a woman taking her nine-year-old daughter to a birthday party. Really? Yes. You don't think your mother told the plaintiff anything about Jake? She might have. She might have. And if she might have, what do you think she might have said about Jake? I think she might have said, okay, yeah, he has a temperament. Not a temperament, a temper. Mm-hmm. Not a temperament. Temper. Why would you think that your mother might say Jake has a temper? Because the situation escalated. Not this situation, before this situation. Because we've gotten in arguments before, as every yes. couple has. Right, right. You've gotten into arguments before with Jake, where he's displayed a... A temper. See how silly it sounds? Does it sound silly? Did it sound this silly when you were rehearsing the story with the two of you? No. No. I know, because she said, I'm going to say it to her, and she's as stupid as the other adults I know. Yep. She'll corner you like a rat. And she gets to win. I mean, you can't even talk over her, because you're not allowed. Or she'll throw you out. (laughs) And you lose. And, you know, actually real money is exchanged. The, the show itself pays the judgment. So uh, people are motivated to go on. But it's funny. They'll still fight like cats and dogs to win, even though the money's actually not going to come out of their pocket. So, yes, Judge Judy is a vessel for all of our aggression. And in a way of like red video games and red music and art, it's counterintuitively, yet ultimately, pacifying. So, there is a little piece at the end where an interviewer who's always off camera will allow the two litigants to give their last words, but this is outside the courtroom, and it's a little bit of filling in the details for the rest of us. And here's an example of that. And this is continuing with Jake and his girlfriend, Joyce. I had no chance to explain. This wasn't fair to me. Can you stop? They're going to make me look horrible on TV. Yeah, so I have to say that I feel for poor Jake there. And I can see myself in him. And I feel for uh, the litigants often because they are, you know, basically sacrificial lambs to this slaughter, except that they know what they're doing. And she's been on for 23 years. And, you know, it's amazing the lure of being on television and they think they're right. And it's always challenging to me because I often don't know who's telling the truth. I mean, it's really an example uh, every day. Of, of people who they're very sincere, good sounding people and it all makes sense. And they're telling two completely opposed stories and one of them's lying or deluded. Uh, but I, I can't say that I have ever really disagreed with Judge Judy, maybe a couple times, but I, 
generally thinks she gets the truth and often is managing a case of at a level of complexity that has lost me, you know, with bank statements and, you know, dates and all of this stuff. And, and yet there she is. And you can see in this video that I just showed, that's her at age 76. And I have to say that, again, like this time-honored archetype of the drill sergeant, the Zen master, the, the civilized red that comes in and punches red in the nose and wakes them up, which is something that the therapeutic culture can't do with red. Um, you know, they get played by red. I think of a couple of teachers in my life who challenged my egocentrism and, and they made me furious. They made me the angriest of anybody. But I look back with great gratitude. So, you know, this is development. And here it's going on in this mass way with Judge Judy. The next, just to continue our aqual analysis from a type point of view. I think it's pretty clear that Judge Judy is a, a perfect example of an Enneagram 8. And here's just the Google definition, if you, if you just search for Enneagram 8. 8s are self-confident, strong, and assertive. Protective, resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive, but can also be egocentric and domineering. 8s feel they must control their environment, especially people, sometimes becoming confrontational and intimidating. And I think that's a pretty good back pocket definition. And I think Judge Judy hits the nail on the head there. From a Myers-Briggs uh, point of view, I would guess that she is an uh, extrovert, not an introvert. She is between the S and the N, this S being sensor and the N being intuitive. Sensors are grounded. They're not so interested in these big fluffy ideas. Um, she's an S. In the polarity between the T and the F, or the thinker and the feeler, she's a thinker. That's the one who cares more about the facts than the feelings. Uh, the Fs care more about people's feelings than the facts. And she is clearly a judger in the last polarity, J versus P. Uh, and um, so she is an ESTJ. And it's interesting. I think one of the reasons that I've always been magnetized to Judge Judy is that I'm her polar opposite. I'm an INFP. And, you know, we, we love to dance with our opposite. That also is very evolutionarily potent. Uh, another way to look at her in terms of type is masculine and feminine. And in, in integral, we sometimes talk about the difference between masculine compassion and feminine compassion. And they're both compassion, but masculine is the one that will kick your butt. So masculine is challenging, and feminine is just softer and more supportive. We need both of those things. And we're always eager to explain that masculine and feminine in this sense are, are, are not necessarily tied to male and female sex or gender. And so here we have exhibit A of a woman transmitting masculine compassion better than almost anybody. All right, so just to continue the aqual analysis, we move into states. And, you know, clearly Judge Judy enters a flow state when she's doing her thing. It's the state where we have access to our genius, 
you know, where there's something that you are the, the, the moment meets the character, the subject. And there's a force of nature where it's not you doing it, but it's you and it being manifest and done at the same time. And there's always a beauty and a genius to that. The, the, the gold standard example for me is Barbara Streisand in Funny Girl. You know, that actress meets role. Enough said, right? <laughs> so, and then finally, in terms of lines of development, that can be complicated. And, you know, I don't know her intimately by any means. But in terms of a couple lines that stand out, what is business? You know, she, has, she was a, a judge in the New York City circuit for um, years in the 70s and 80s. And she's now making almost $50 million a year. Uh, as I said, is turned into an icon. And what she's really smart about is she knows who she is and what she's doing. And she hasn't changed a thing about the show in 23 years. She still wears the robe with this lace collar. Her bailiff is still Bird, who she worked with back in the family court. And this season, for the first season, she changed her hairstyle. And the New York Times ran a major story on it. So, you know, that she got the business line down. Oh, I also thought it was worth saying that she this year wrote a column for USA Today where she said, I've never spoken out on politics in all of my years, except that I think our country is in a uh, uniquely challenging time. And then she goes on to endorse Michael Bloomberg for president. And um, so at least she's a not Trumper. Uh, and... Um, you know, it'd be fun to see her cross-examine him. Oh my God, she would take him apart. The other thing that I think is interesting is that she's culturally kind of old school in the sense that she'll offend anybody of any race, sex, creed, or color. And she seems to get away with it. Like in this clip, she's talking to a woman who has a wayward teenage daughter and there's a lawsuit with her old boyfriend and the details aren't important. But Here's what Judge Judy has to say about teenage daughters. Teenage girls, like her age, boys just tend to be dirty. Mm -hmm. They don't clean up after themselves. Girls are manipulative. Oh, they lie. The nature of the beast. Most of them get better when they get older. Some don't. So, you know, culturally, she's uh, not at the, cut the cutting edge, but she's doing her work where she's doing it. And from, from an integral perspective, we can see how she, and the culture in general, I mean, every sitcom is a little morality tale. I mean, it's everywhere. Mass media growing us up. But Judge Judy is doing it in, in this one pure way. Again, just it, it, it approaches perfection. So yeah, I want to give integral props to Judge Judy and use her unique example to illustrate some integral principles and uh, appreciate her for being a warrior for the evolution of consciousness and making the world more civilized one victim at a time. <laughs> so, Judge Judy, what do you think? Did we cover everything? We're done. We're, on. We're done. 
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you are interested in more from uh, the Daily Evolver, you can go to dailyevolver.com where all my stuff is. And, uh, and please, I love getting your cards and letters, as they say. Uh, you can email me at jeff at dailyevolver.com or you can send a voicemail to that address. Or you can go to the website dailyevolver.com Go to the Connect tab, and there's a orange button that lets you speak to me and uh, leave me a message. And I often use them on the show, and I'd appreciate hearing from you. Comments, criticisms, new ideas, whatever you got. So, all right, everybody, take care. Till next time, Jeff Salzman signing off. <laughs>